Welcome back in to the Clutch Gene Podcast. It has been a long time since we've last recorded a podcast. It's probably been around three months. Uh, I'm here with my brother Mikey, and we got some NBA stuff to talk about today. A lot of NBA news um, following the NBA Finals. We're going to talk about the NBA Draft. We're going to talk about Kyrie and Russell Westbrook and that whole ordeal. And then we'll just do a little bit on the Celtics and Warriors and um, what their next step should be. Um, if there should be a next step, we're going to go over all of that. So, I am Kyle, once again, here with Mikey, and this is the Clutch Team Podcast. The NBA draft coming up on Thursday. Really quick turnaround um, for the NBA. Uh, NBA Finals ends, what, last Thursday, I think? Game 6 last was last Thursday. If it yeah. went to a Game 7, it would have been this past Sunday, and the NBA draft's Thursday. So it's a good thing and a bad game about the good thing and a bad thing about the NBA. I like how it's a quick turnaround because it gets you right back into things. But I also think there then becomes a lull between now and free agency because free agency doesn't start for i think another month right um yeah i think july 1st yeah something like that so we have what i think are a clear top three in the nba draft uh jabari smith paulo bencaro and chet holmgren jabari out of uh, auburn paulo out of duke and chet out of gonzaga um so I wanted to go over our rankings and what you had for like what they could possibly be and what their floor is. Um, very NBA 2K style uh, as far as um, like the grading system. If you've ever played career mode on 2K, you know exactly what I'm talking about when you see a prospect. So, Mike, I'll let you go first. Uh, once again, the draft order right now is the Magic Thunder Rockets is the top three and then Kings are number four. All right, so you want me to just take it by who's my first one that I would take yeah. off the board? Yeah. All right, so the first person that just, I would take... Just name your top three. Just name your top three. All right. How you have uh, them ranked. All right, so I would do Chet first. Second would be Paolo. And three would be Jabari. Okay, so we have it completely flipped. I have Jabari first, Paolo second, and Chet third. In my rankings. So uh, tell me what you got for. I guess we'll start with Chet. Since you have him first. I have him third. Um, what's your what's your comp for him? And what are your pros and cons with him? So for Chet. I mean. He's just a seven foot. Like freak athlete. You know. He needs to put on a lot of weight. Like that's a major concern. I think he's like 180 pounds. Uh, but. He's got like really good defensive instincts. He's a good shot imagine blocker. Being, imagine being 180 pounds. Yeah, I know. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. <laughs> As a seven foot tall freak. All right. But I'm yeah. over I'm over one eighty and I and in nine inches shorter than him. Like <laughs> Yeah. But he's seven feet, he's agile, he's quick, he's got good instincts defensively. Uh I know, like, one of the things that you see, especially late in the playoffs, is, like, can you have a big that can get out on the perimeter and, like, switch defensively? I think Chet is able to do that. I, I also think that his offensive skill set is very unique. I think that's something that, like, you'll be able to get, like, coming out of the draft more and more. But as a seven-foot-tall guy that can, like, put the ball on the floor, he can handle a little bit. He can shoot the three pretty decently. I did see something... In preparation for this where his numbers did decrease from three pretty significantly against um like top tier and teams like teams that played in the tournament and everything so you get squeezed out a little bit there but i think like you know with an nba roster of uh control on like his dieting and everything then he'll really grow into himself and he'll really like evolve his skill set um as far as like uh, comps go, I guess for some reason he just reminds me of Bull Bull as like a lower end comp, even though like they don't have a similar skill set, but like just so sl like slim and they just never fill into their body so they can never like, you know, figure it out. 
And but I mean, it's bowl, it's bowl. kind of a it's kind of I, that's a good floor. I struggled with a floor for him. That's kind of a good floor for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. is that is that the worst of it is that he's out of the league. Like he's not. I mean, Bobo, I don't think is out of the league yet, but he's, you know, no, he's not still on the NBA. So he's not in an NBA rotation. Yeah. yeah. Check and just look at him and he'll be like, oh, this is what I don't want to be. But Chet's Chet is kind of like a high end bull bull where it's like Bobo could shoot the three. He could yeah. block some shots. And the questions you had for him was, could he hold up? And, you know. I think it's actually that's actually a pretty good floor. I do like that comparison. And then as a ceiling, I'm going to go like kind of a low ceiling, but I'm going to go with Sabonis. I'll have to Sabonis because uh, I think Sabonis is a better passer, but I think they share like a similar skill set where they're pretty solid defensively and offensively. Um, I think Chet could probably space the floor a little bit better than DeMontis, but again, I don't think that you can see like a lot of like he's not going to be Embiid, where he can shoot the three and play center like that extent, because Embiid's just so right. dominant physically. Like Sabonis isn't as like physically empowering over people. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you you said it, and one of the first things you said defensively, this guy is a monster. Like he averaged three point seven blocks per game in college. Three point seven. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's absurd. I mean, I know the competition wasn't great, but that is that is crazy. But that's all instincts too. Like you that's what I mean. shot blocking like that. I admittedly didn't watch a ton of him in college, but I've been watching some highlight videos and, you know, just clips of him during games and defensively it's like it's crazy. It's absurd. He can legitimately guard 2 through 5, so shooting guard through center. And he might be able to guard one through five. Like, he might be able to still hold up against... I'm not saying he's going to lock down Steph Curry, but he might be able to hold up against him, you know? Um, he's a decent shooter. He'll keep you honest from three. I think he was at 39% in college, but he was only taking three a game. Um, so he made a little over a third of them. Um, I think at worst, like, at his worst, he is a defensive lock. Uh, or I think that, those instincts are just too good to like not translate to the next level. Um, and I think you can kind of throw them kind of like how I'm trying to think of a team, um, like how the Warriors use Draymond, where he's just defensively next level. So you can afford to have him on the court um, because the rest of the team is so offensive driven. Um, kind of like Ben Simmons. If ben Simmons wasn't afraid to shoot. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like. How I don't Benson think Chet. Is, I don't you think, think Chet lacks any confidence. Yeah. If anything, he's overconfident. Right. Um. The only thing I have against him is I'm not sure what his offensive game looks like in the NBA. I mean, it's a lot of like putbacks and and rebounds and um, you know, transition buckets and then the occasional catch and shoot three. Like I said, he's not doing anything crazy offensively. That's why I don't really like the Sabonis comp just because Sabonis, I feel like has more offensively, you know, in, in the, his post game and everything. I feel like Chet doesn't have a post game. Um, yeah, I think he's too. I think he, that's what like he needs to put on weight. Yeah, He needs to get the Zion diet. But I like but I almost think he doesn't need to put on a ton of weight because that's what makes he special. That he's so quick, like he yeah. he moves his hips really well. Like you said, uh, defensively, I was I was blown away. Like this guy, I wasn't a huge fan of him, and then I watched some of this stuff, and it's it's crazy. Like it's absurd. Yeah. Um, I had for his ceiling, I didn't, I struggled the floor. Like I said, I like your ball ball floor, maybe better than ball ball because I don't think he'll drop out of like I think he'll be in a no, rotation. I think he's too good defensively to drop that low, but right, yeah. Um, I, my comp was Jaron Jackson on the Grizzlies, you know, cause Jaron Jackson defensive menace. Like, I don't think anybody would question him defensively. His instincts are phenomenal. You know, he, he can block shots. He can get steals. He's quick. He can guard a ton of positions. The one issue you always have with Jaron Jackson is his inconsistency on offense. You know, like sometimes he's unstoppably shooting 40% from three and other times he can't buy a shot. You know, and Jackson's obviously stronger than him. So, but I think just their their skill sets are very similar. And I think that I think that if you if you end up so if you're if you're the Magic and you were to take him one overall and you end up with Jaron Jackson, I feel like you're not dissatisfied by that by any means. Um, 
Before we go to Paulo, before we go to Paulo, did you rank yours based on who you think the team should pick or just who you thought talent wise? I think like who they should pick. Okay, because I did mine just on like talent, but and but I think the Magic should choose Chet. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I I think Chet should go one overall. Anyways, you think Chet should go one overall? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. I, I, I would think, say he's the best player. I don't think he's the best player of the draft, but I think he fits the Magic the best. Like the Magic have these guards that can kind of get him involved. Markel Fultz is no slouch. You hope that Jalen yeah. Suggs can take the next step. I mean, yeah, Cole, well, Anthony's, he, Cole Anthony's a good sixth man. I don't think he's a starting player, but he's a good sixth man off the bench, you know, bring some fire to the team. Yeah, and I so. think what you said about, like, can Chet find an offensive game to, you know, contribute in the NBA, I think it's going to be really essential that he has, like, three really decent guards around him, to, you know, like, play off of. Right. Um, I guess you could make the case that the Thunder are a better fit just because the Thunder of Shea and Josh Giddy, like all these creators. I don't know. I just think he fits the magic and what they need and what they want in a player. Um, all right, let's move on to Paulo because we both had him too. Uh, yep. You give me your, your pros and cons and then give me your ceiling and floor. All right. So overall, I think that like Paulo, he's like, He's just an animal. Like he can attack the rim. Like he can get inside. He's not afraid to, you know, get deep into the paint, to score or whatever. Um, as far as a ceiling goes for him, uh, I'm gonna go with Siakam, but I think that he'll be able to like evolve a little bit past Siakam. Yeah, it's like a little bit low for a ceiling, but like Siakam's multi-time All Star. You know, he was on that Raptors team that, you know. Hung the banner, even though that was really Kawhi. Siakam's a good player, though. Siakam's a decent player. I yeah, keep I mean, Siakam on my team. You know, it's a two. Yeah. Not I a one, but it's a two, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. a two. But, like, I mean, when you're saying this guy's going to go number two overall in the draft and he's ceiling's a two, like, I think he could be a one, depending on what you put around him, obviously. He's probably but, uh, not as good of a defender as Siakam, but as far as offensively, his game can definitely evolve past what Siakam's is. Yeah. And then for a floor, I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram pre-New Orleans, <laughs> um, where it's like this guy, he just doesn't ever figure it out. His game just doesn't translate offensively. Ingram was probably just a little bit too small to really do what he you know, has been doing now. Um or maybe that was just because of, you know, the L.A. effect, like not living up to expectations. But where I have him going, he's going to Oklahoma City. So there's no expectations and no pressure. So I think he'll have a lot of time to figure it out. It might take him a few years um, to really get to a higher level. But I think he's going to be good enough where we are not going to be sitting here like, oh, he's a bust. Like it might take him time as like a, like an Andrew Wiggins almost. Or it takes some time to really evolve into his game. He won't be defensively what Wiggins is. But like if you surround him with the right pieces and put him in a good situation, I think he'll be able to work out. Um yeah, I I think Paulo's really um he's got a clean offensive game. Like he's very polished for a college player. I think that he has the skill set already to be able to score in the NBA. Um I think he'll probably be one of those rookies that averages like, you know, 15, 16 a game, you know, and shoots pretty efficiently, too, while he's doing it. Um, He's not the best defender. He's probably, I don't know, it's between him and Jabari for who's the worst defender of the three. I think Paul is probably a little worse than Jabari. Um, Keeps the honest from three. He's not the best shooter. I think he's actually at the lowest percentage out of all these guys, and he was only taking three a game. Um, I think he's around 33%. Um, but he plays really strong. He, When he's driving to the basket, you don't have to worry about the Tatum thing where he's trying to sidestep guys instead of going right into them. Like, he he drives at people. He goes to the basket, you know? Yeah, he's not afraid, um, for, he's not f- afraid to have a little contact. At the no, he actually, I think he kind of likes it. Like, I think, he, I think he prefers to get the contact. I think he plays better that way. Yeah. Um, the cons... Um, Played on a really good college team. Like, that Duke team is really good. 
Um, so was he kind of the beneficiary of other good players around him? Um, it seems silly because the NBA is all good players, but I mean that Duke team when they stepped on the floor, they usually against any team had four of the best six players in the on the court at any given time. You know. Yeah. So is he the beneficiary of that? I don't know. I think that he's. I have his ceiling as Miles Bridges, and that seems like you said for yours a little low because it's like, would you take Miles Bridges? I think Miles Bridges is a good player. Um, I think he's a very good player, and Miles Bridges is probably better defensively than um, Paulo is. But I can kind of see it as like, I don't know. It was tough to find it. It was tough to find a comp for him because I feel like he's he's a big who can kind of do everything. Like he can kind of pass the ball, he can kind of shoot the ball, he can kind of drive the ball. You know, like he's a good creator. He's okay defensively. Like he's not exceptional at any one thing, but he's good like he's good to very good yeah. at everything so one thing that was... uh, one thing i will say about him though his free throw percentage was only like 73 percent in college if he's going to be initiating that much contact and everything i think that number should probably he's probably focused on that if he's going to be constantly going to the rim he's going to get fouled a lot Right, but for but for a guy, I mean, I think he's six ten. Like for a guy that's six ten, that's not bad. And also, free throw percentages are always like half the guys that come into the NBA from college are like eighty percent free throw shooters, and they get to the NBA and they raise it five points. You know, you know. So, I think that I think that'll go up just naturally. Um, I had for his floor Julius Randle, which is kind of a high floor, um, but I think that Paulo is the biggest like. He's the safest pick, I think, out of all of them. I think Paulo is the most guaranteed to be in your top six in a rotation, like on any team. I think he's guaranteed to be a top six player on your team. Um, you think he? You think he pairs well with uh, Shy? I don't. I think he should actually go to the Rockets. I think that he's a good. I think he's a good creator. Um, and I think that the Rockets kind of need that sort of thing. I don't think the Thunder need another creator. They have Josh Giddy, who's an exceptional creator, and obviously SGA is an exceptional creator. So I actually maybe think play out, maybe they'll play a little bit better with a big though. Maybe, like but I feel Paul like plays better with bigs. I feel like of the three, I think I mean that might I think that's kind of the reverse effect. I think the bigs play better with Chris Paul, well, but um, yeah. I think um. Even though I have him ranked two, I think the Rockets are the best fit for him. The Rockets are of the top three teams, the team with the least amount of just like offensive creation guys, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think you'd pair well with Jalen Green. Um, did you have anything else on Paulo? No, not really. I think I think I think if you pass on Paulo, I think I told you this a couple days ago. If you pass on Paulo, I think you're passing on. A multi-time all-star. Like, I think he's a very, very good player. Yeah. I mean, I think you summed it up good that he, like, he's a very clean player. And I think that yeah. helps playing under, like, Coach K and Duke system. Yeah. Um, so let's move on, Jabari. I have him ranked one. You have him ranked three. Um, if I'm saying that Paulo is a multi-time all-star if you pass on him, then Jabari... There's some stuff he does, man. There, like he took some threes in this highlight video that I was watching, where he had a guy all over him, and he's like standing five feet back from the three-point arc, and he's putting up the shot and and hitting it. Like he is, he is a lethal shooter. Yeah. Um, give me your pros and cons of him, then give me your ceiling and floor. I think we're gonna have the same ceiling. Well, I mean, you said it like he's. He's kind of a marksman. Like he really shoots the ball well. He shot forty about forty three percent from the field, which, which is, is crazy. like yeah. an efficient number. Really, considering he number. only takes jump shots, he like he only takes jump shots. Yeah, that number is probably going to come down. You know, playing you would the think with the defenses yeah. are better, but like still, if he can shoot like thirty five percent from the floor, like that's still like pretty decent number. Uh, 42% from three, averaging almost six threes a game. So, you know, he's that's probably going to go up in the NBA, too. His three-point attempts, I would assume. 
he he I mean he took six in college, so he'll probably take like around that, maybe seven, eight in the NBA. Yeah. Um, depending on what kind of team he's on, depending on how much well, there's more you know, range they give him. Ew. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it also depends on what kind of what kind of um just lead he has, that. you know, uh, on the team. Like if they let him take that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he can he can absolutely bang the three like every yeah. single time. And he's very smooth, you know. He doesn't. There's nothing on the court when he does it, like when he pulls up for the jump shots. And like I said, he only takes jump shots. Like I didn't see him at many times where he drove to the rim. Um, he's very he like nothing looks forced. He always looks under control. He always looks, you know, like everything is smooth. He knows yeah. what he's doing every single time. So from my ceiling, I had Jason Tatum. I also had Jason Tatum. Yeah, just like this guy that. He'll hit this impossible shot from three, and it's like, oh wow, like, where'd that come from? But you know, like Tatum, I think as we saw in this playoffs, like sometimes he can shoot it a little bit inefficiently. So I think Jabari could probably be a more efficient version of Tatum. Um, I think we talked about this earlier, like kind of got like a Kevin Durant skill set. But like, but you can't. Like, oh, it can't you're, compare. You're to Kevin, Durant. Kevin Durant. That'd be insane. So Jason Tatum is the next best one. Um, and then for a floor, uh, I'm gonna go with Michael Porter Jr. A big guy, you know, power forwards, extremely tall, can shoot the ball a little bit. But like then, a worse version of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, but then like just can't figure it out. Michael Porter Jr. is for like health reasons, as we know of right now. But uh, yeah. I, would go with that first comp. I don't think any of the three in this draft are like gonna be scrubs. Like there's no bust no. in the top three. I would even we argue the top four. We haven't really had a bust, like a straight up bust in a little while in the NBA. Like who's the last one? Mo Bamba? Like would you consider him the last or Marvin Marvin Bagley, I guess. Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. But even him, like it's you don't know because he he wasn't in the best situation, you know, in Sacramento. So, um, yeah, I had, I also had for my ceiling Jason Tatum. Um, I just think Jabari kind of has the same deal as Tatum. Where, look, when Tatum takes that step back to the left three, there was a point in his career where I was like, why would you take that? And now it's like, yeah. that's the shot he hits with the most efficiency. You know, like he hits that shot 45% of the time. Um, I think that Jabari didn't handle the ball much in college. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. And we saw in the playoffs, Jason Tatum's handle isn't exactly like the tightest handle in the world, but it's yeah. better than what Jabari's going to come into the league with. Um, and I think that Tatum could handle the ball better when he came into the league than when Jabari than Jabari can coming into the league now. Um, and I think Jabari plays a little bit soft, which is what I was talking about earlier with Paulo, how he plays very aggressive. He goes to the rim. Um, Jabari does Jabari does that kind of Tatum thing where he just kind of sidesteps the contact, doesn't really go for it. He had one like really vicious over somebody Duncan caught uh, in the in the tournament. I don't think he does that with regularity. Like, I don't think he's really looking for that kind of contact. And he yeah. kind of has the same deal as Tatum, where, like, Tatum kind of takes too many jump shots. Like, there's times where you're like, dude, why don't you just go to the rim? And I think Jabari's kind of the same way. Um, for my floor, I I mean, pick your big power forward type guy who can shoot the three but can't play much defense. I think I chose Markinen just because I think he's... I was between Markin and Bertans, and I think Berton he's not as bad of a defender as Bertans is, so I chose Markin. Um, but yeah, it's just at worst he's going to be a guy that can that can hit some threes. You know, he can come off the bench um, and have an impact. Like you said, I don't think any of these three guys are bad. Like I don't think any of yeah. them are going to bust. Um, and like, also another I, thing to point out off of that, though, like. You think a reason why there's not as much like busts anymore is because like the leagues evolved to a point where your biggest strength is like a bigger asset now. And like like a shooter that can only shoot but can't defend is now a bigger asset. Or like I think 
you I can, think it's you can put someone out as a rotational defender in certain possessions. Like I think the league has just evolved where it's like, oh, I can use you like for what you're good at. I don't need you to be good at everything. Like Alonzo think, Ball. Well, Alonzo like, Alonzo is a, a pretty good all around player. Like yeah, but he's not a bust because like oh he's on this they're a different team now. Like usually that would qualify you as a bust as a number two overall pick. We still look at Lonzo and you're like. Like he was wanted oh, no, by like the Bulls. The Bulls wanted Lonzo. It wasn't like he yeah. just got traded there, you know. And he's a really good defender. He's a good defender. He's a good passer. You know, he can shoot the three. Improved. Yeah, Lonzo is the kind of player that any team I think would like. There's no team in the NBA that would say I don't want Lonzo. Um, oh, yeah. But but on that, I think that I think that one, it's because the scouting's just better. Um, but at the same time, I also think you're right where it's like. Being a specialist isn't a bad thing. Like we just yeah. we just talked about Chet and how Chet might have zero offensive game when he goes to the league, and we said, oh, but he'll never drop below eight in your rotation because defensively that kind of thing matters. Being a specialist, I can use you in certain situations where yeah. I need to get a stop. You know, fifteen years ago, if I told you, hey, you know, this guy is a monster defensively. But when he goes to the league, he might have like he might have days where he goes 0 for 5 on shots near the rim, you yeah. know, doesn't score a bucket, averages two points a game. You'd be like, why would I ever want that guy? And now you're like, well, you know, if I pair him with some shooters around him, that could be really valuable. You know, can he grab boards? Yes. Oh, great. You know, even better. You know, um, I think it's just yeah. mainly like don't force guys to do something that they can't do. Right, you're not. It's what is he like, good don't at? Give we'll Kwame, don't give Kwame Brown the basketball and expect him to slice and dice. Right. Um. All right, let's move on. We got Kyrie and Russell Westbrook. I want to talk about this because there was this trade rumor that I saw online. I've been seeing it a lot about this, like Kyrie for Westbrook deal. Oh, it works out for both sides. Westbrook's reunited with KD. Kyrie's reunited with LeBron. I personally think it's ridiculous. Like, I think it's a laughable idea. I mean, this past season, we all know Kyrie didn't play as many games. He's 29 games played in the regular season. Averaged 27, 6, and 4 in a steal per game on 47, 42, 92% shooting. So 47% from the field, 42 from 3, 92 from the line. Two and a half turnovers per game. Russell Westbrook in 78 games played. Average 19, 7, and 7, and 1 on 44, 30. 30 is rounding up. He aver- he was 29.6 from three-point line. And 67% from the free throw line with four turnovers a game. Like, he used to be an 80% free throw shooter. Like above 80% free throw shooting. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is not the player that Kyrie is. I get Kyrie comes with his baggage. But we're talking about a guy that averages eight more points per game, um, one less assist per game, two less, three less rebounds per game. But we know Russ kind of stat pads a little bit. I'm not going to accuse him too much, but he does a little bit while also being more efficient as a shooter and turning over the ball less. Like, yeah. Am I crazy to think that these these net these Kyrie for Russ things are ridiculous? I think it's pretty easy, like. To look at Westbrook and be like, no, why would I ever want to play with him? Like, that's pretty easy. And the benefit of getting Russell Westbrook at this point is because that contract, you get to move off of it in a year. And you have all this cap space to do something. with. You know, the problem is the Nets are in no position to take a year off when you have Kevin Durant. Okay, like you need to be going for it every year. You can't just wait for uh, Westbrook to move on. After a year and then be like, okay, we're going to go for free agency and sign someone to play with Kevin Durant, which probably possible. Could it be LeBron if he doesn't re-sign with the Lakers and we get LeBron and Kevin Durant together? Yeah, that could happen. So if that's their long play, then yeah, maybe that's what you go for. But I don't think the Nets are going to do that. I also like, again, it's easy to look at Westbrook and be like, okay, that's the bad side of the trade. I don't think it's that great of a trade for the Lakers. I don't. Uh, Kyrie 
isn't what the Lakers necessarily need. Um, like we saw how it worked out with him in Cleveland. Like, sure, LeBron can play off the ball more. Maybe that's what LeBron needs to extend his career a little bit more is to handle the ball less. Um, but health-wise, Kyrie can't stay healthy. At least with Westbrook, he can stay healthy. Westbrook will play all 82. Like, he's built different that way. And Kyrie can't defend, neither can Westbrook, but, you know, Kyrie can't defend. And I would honestly take that Westbrook contract and trade it for role players or cap space to sign for agents or something and try and get some kind of shooters around LeBron because that's what he plays well with so he can drive in and dish out for the three. But, I mean, that's... Kyrie's not what the Lakers need and I wouldn't want to attach myself to Kyrie Irving for a multi-year contract. At this. I mean, look, is Kyrie not what the Lakers need? No. But the Lakers need anything, anything, anything. They need someone who can take the ball out of LeBron's hands, which Kyrie can. They need a guy who can score a bucket. They need a guy that I mean, they need a guy who's available for easy Kyrie games, under which contract Kyrie isn't that? necessarily. He's got a player option. Oh, he's got a player option. I'm pretty sure he has a player option. So I'm not positive on that. Opt in and then trade. Yeah, I think I'm almost positive he has a player option. Him and Westbrook both do. Um, Westbrook already opted into his. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, he's going to either way. I mean, he's going to make $40 million. Why would he pass that up? Um, yeah, I... um, So on the Nets, I don't think that they should even be thinking about trading Kyrie. I'm going to be honest. I think this is an overreaction. Yeah, it looked bad. The Celtics kind of massacred them in the playoffs. Like, the way they made Kyrie and Kevin Durant look was bad. But I think you just run it back. Ben Simmons actually plays a game this year. You know, let's see how that works. And I don't think if you're going to make any moves, you wait till trade deadline. Because I think that that starting that starting four of Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and then Bruce Brown is an unrestricted free agent. So they'd have to re-sign him. But I only say start him over Seth Curry because he's a better defender, I think, than Seth Curry. Um, But you have that that four and then pair them with anyone else. Was that? It doesn't solve the Nets problem either. Because the Nets need size. They can't they can't the have Nets... Claxton in. Claxton should not be on the floor in the playoffs. The Nets need defense, which Ben Simmons offers. So Yeah. And size. I mean, if you're really saying they need size, he offers size too. Yeah. So I think yeah, and it doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't, because Westbrook is not as good of a player as Kyrie. If I was building a team, I'd rather have Kyrie with all the baggage he comes with than Russell Westbrook at this point. Also, he's going to play in a lot more games because the vaccine. Yeah. Um, For the Lakers, I have some possible trade partners. You tell me how you feel about them. Uh, For Russell Westbrook, which I don't think they're going to end up trading him. I think they're going to end up having to wait, either wait out the whole season or wait till trade deadline. I think Um, deadline. The most obvious one is John Wall for Russell Westbrook. No, in the Rockets, but I don't think that solves either team's issues. I mean, Give the me only thing you're... he'll play more. Yeah, and I think both have player options, so like it's the same amount of time. The only thing you're looking for is is John Wall gonna be a better fit with LeBron, which I don't think is the case. No. Um. And is John Wall a better player than Russell Westbrook at this point? Don't. There's really no know. way Russell. There's no way Westbrook plays worse. Like you cannot play worse. It's impossible. Um, I'll wait on this next one. Uh, uh, Jazz, Mike Conley, and someone else for Russell Westbrook. I don't think the Jazz would do this because the Jazz are a pretty smart organization. I don't think they want to take on Westbrook. I but they're Conley all... was free agent. No, Conley, I think, has one more year. I could be wrong on that. Um, here, look that up while I'm talking. Um, but the Jazz are kind of almost in, um, blow it up mode like they're almost there they're right on the precipice of like trading either Gobert or Donovan Mitchell um they're no Donovan Mitchell isn't happy yeah they're kind of in no man's land they're borderline in blow it up mode it's like are they satisfied winning 55 games a year if they are great Ooh. keep it as is but you're not going anywhere in the playoffs Conley has two uh, years. one year left. Con- Conley has and one I year think, left uh, 
option here. So, and I think he's making around twenty million a year. So you'd have to pair someone with him. Um, but that's that's if the Jazz were just like get Mike Conley out of here. Let's get someone on an expiring contract. That way, next year we just start fresh. Two um, years left. The Timberwolves. Uh, D'Angelo Russell making about I think it's twenty eight million a year. You'd have to pair someone else with him. Get him no. out of there. He's got three years left on his contract, I think. No, because again, the Lakers can get off of this and get a free agent. They can. I don't, I don't see LeBron leaving LA. They they can they can just wait it out. But at the same time, if you're saying just take advantage of LeBron being there, D'Angelo Russell is he a great player? No. Is he a good player? Yes. He's just kind of. You don't need D'Angelo Russell when you have Anthony Edwards and you think he's a superstar in the making. Yeah. You know, so D'Angelo Russell can kind of create his own shot, does some pretty good things, not really a defender, but he does That'd some be good things. Because sp- uh, catching Beverly and Russell Westbrook, he doesn't have to stay on the inside. That's true. That's true. And Anthony Edwards is no is no slouch shooting wise. Um, yeah, him and Kat, those are your two bigs. Bigs can spread the floor. Westbrook can thrive. I feel like that's a reasonable option, especially since the Timberwolves, like the Timberwolves aren't, I know they almost, they, they made the playoffs and got knocked down the first round this year. The Timberwolves are not in a spot to be competing and they have a lot of decisions to make. So I think just get the expiring contract in there. You start, fresh, an upgrade over Pat you Beth. build around, you build around Anthony Edwards. Um, here's my last one. This one is the one I saved. James Harden for Russell Westbrook. 76. I would do it. I would do it. Would the 76ers do it? I don't think they would. I don't think they did. I don't think they no. would. For the Lakers, it's probably a better situation. But I mean, What's look, that? you're not they're not they're not gaining anything on defense. You know, neither neither team is really gaining much on defense. Yeah, but, but Harden's at least a playmaker. That's what I mean. So is it is that more what the Lakers need and Harden can shoot better, but also what are the 76ers? Does Harden try and force the way out because LA nightclubs are better than Philly nightclubs? Do you, do you include a shooter? Like do the Lakers still have Malik Monk? I wouldn't get rid of Malik Monk, but do you include him in a deal to the 76ers that makes the 76ers take the trade? No, no, no. The problem um, is Westbrook's so useless without the ball in his hands, and when LeBron's on the floor, I don't want Westbrook to touch the ball. But is James Harden just as useless without the ball in his hands? No, because I think he can catch and shoot at least. Yeah, but he's not super interested in that. He's not interested in it, but like maybe he'll buy in with LeBron. Mm, I don't think James Harden is the type to necessarily buy in to situations. I think regardless of who's there. What's the strip club scene in L.A. like? It's got to be good, right? It's you would think be. so. Better than Philadelphia, you would hope. What's J.R. Smith doing? Can we just sign J.R.? Nice J.R. Shoot. and James Harden on the same team? Imagine just hiking that? up threes from the logo. And then you got yeah. logo LeBron. Yeah. Probably just oh. sign Trey Young, too. I think the Lakers are kind of in a sticky spot. I kind of think... Um, I think it's a no-brainer that they're in a sticky spot because they have this guy who makes $40 million a year and they can't get rid of him for anything meaningful. And they also have a guy who's 37 years old and one of the greatest players the NBA's ever seen who kind of still wants to, like, I don't know, compete. Yeah. Um, That's so, why yeah, it's like, a really tough scenario. We don't scenario. have any trade people. Yeah, the Lakers can't just say, let's take in assets and build for the future. Because that's not really an option with LeBron James on your team. Unless LeBron tells them, like, hey, yeah, I'm done. I'm done after this year. I doubt At this point, LeBron that. needs to just suck it up and just get traded. LeBron, LeBron, isn't, LeBron isn't going to retire until he at least passes Kareem. I think yeah, that has to happen this year. first. That's going to be this year. Hmm. And he plays never know. Ronnie next year on the Hornets. Let's get to our last segment. 
of the day. We have a little NBA Finals talk posthumously of the Boston Celtics. Um, not going to lie, I was pretty disappointed. The Celtics kind of folded over and died in that last game. They didn't really put up a fight. So I have two questions for you. Should the Celtics make a move to wind up back here next year? Are they in position already to wind up back here next year? I guess that's one question, two questions into one. And the second yeah. question is, do the Warriors need to make a move to wind up back here next year? Or are they already in a good spot? So go with the Celtics first, I guess. Yeah, let's start with the Celtics. All right. I think they're in a weird spot. Does it feel like a little bit of a dream run that they went on? A little bit. Uh, Brooklyn's going to be better next year. I don't think Kevin Durant is ever going to look like that in the playoffs again. I think that if the Bucks are completely healthy with Middleton, I think that they would have beaten Boston. I think that... Yeah, I don't think that's even a question. The, the Bucks Heat, would have 100% beat Boston. The Heat are going to improve... Um, whether that's, you know, packaging Lowry and Oladipo together to get someone else. I don't know. Um, Lowry and Oladipo for like De'Aaron Fox. Would you do that? I I don't know how the money would work in that situation. I don't, I don't think the Kings would do that. I don't know. Because if they go out and get like a, like an Ivy. In the draft, I still don't think they would. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings trade out of that position. Oh. Is there is there a team that would want Ivy and would trade another meaningful starting player to the Kings? I've seen that the Hornets want to trade all the way up into the draft to get one of the top three that we talked about. I don't think Let's they can. I don't think they would. I mean, who would you give up? Who would trade know. out? Like, the Thunder aren't going to trade out because, because... They have all the picks in the world. Um... What's his name? GM of the GM of the Thunder. Uh, Presti. Yeah, Sam Presti, like apparently, really wants Chet, so he's not going to trade out and lose the chance to oh, get really? Chet. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, back to the trade Celtics. Out. Um, I I think that the Celtics need to make a move. I. The only thing that would give me pause. I don't think you can either. I don't think that you can break up Tatum and Brown at this point. Um, I think you kind of hope that they come back with a more refined game. Tatum needs to not commit a hundred turnovers in the playoffs. Um, and Brown needs to figure out how to handle the ball. Both are easy enough to work on. I would say like you can learn how to do that better. Um, and they're both good like two-way players like Tatum and Brown can both defend pretty well. Um, I, I guess the main thing is what it, what do you do with Marcus Smart? Because That's what I have too. That's what I have He too. gives you all of this defensively. We've seen him improve as a shooter. But can I expect that consistently every night? If Marcus Smart gives you 20 points a game every night, the Celtics win the title. They would have won the title, and I don't think that smart. Really not even, that. not even twenty. Like if he gave them sixteen consistently, yeah. and he's know? not a true point guard either. What do you average? I, I don't have the number. I think he averaged like what? I think he averaged like assists? six. I think he averaged like six assists. But I'm gonna, I'll double check that. Oh, I thought it was. I felt like he's just not a playmaker that they need. And late in games, I always feel like the Celtics go so ISO heavy. With like Brown and Tatum, they just take turns like they were when they were younger. And it's like, oh, okay, you try and do something now. Oh, you try and do something now. And it just doesn't work. It's Marcus Smart averaged worked. 5.9 assists per game. Oh, well, then. Both in the you, playoffs Marcus. and in the regular season. So Good for you, Marcus Smart. Anyways, I still don't think that he's the long-term answer for him. Uh, if they want to get back to this. So here's a couple names that I'm going to throw out to you. And you tell them, I don't know what they would have to give up. Assume everybody's on the board except for Tatum, Brown, and I'm going to also throw Rob Williams in because I think if you get a healthy Rob Williams, he's going to be filthy. And I think you need that size in the East. 
particularly because of Giannis, Embiid. Um, if the Nuggets can ever figure it out, you'll face the Nuggets in the playoffs. I don't know what you would have to give up to get them. I don't know if the trade exists. But would you trade smart for one of these guys? And assuming that it would have to be a hefty package. Donovan Mitchell. Would I trade Marcus Smart for Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. And well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be straight up. Like, what else would It'd I have to give to be up? Picks and everything. There'd have to be some players involved. That's the thing is with with Donovan Mitchell, you'd have to. It wouldn't be just Marcus. Like, they'd want Jalen. Why would the Jazz give him up for just Marcus Smart? So, I mean, considering I know I'm going to have to include Jalen in that deal, no. I guess it's mainly does a trade exist out there? No, I don't think it does. For just Marcus Smart, not including. Are we talking all these trades? It's not including the top two players. Not including Brown, Tatum, or Rob Williams. Then no, the trade doesn't exist. Marcus Smart for Donovan Mitchell. Jamal Murray. Trade doesn't exist. Chris Paul. Trade possibly exists, but I think I wouldn't want that. I don't think. I think 37 years old. Mm, that's a tough one. I don't know if the trade exists. I don't know if the trade exists. I don't know why Phoenix would do that. I think if it's not that big, I, if it's smart uh, and like picks, and maybe Phoenix just doesn't want the contract, and they're like, oh, we're going to really You're saying give Phoenix, Phoenix re-signs Aiton, gets rid of Paul's contract? Not even Aiton, but like maybe they just say, hey, Booker, like, it's all you now. I think if I think the only reason Chris Paul is traded from Phoenix is if they want to re-sign Aiton, and I think that Phoenix would be silly to do that. But I think, that, yeah, we've seen we've seen crazier stuff. So I just feel like Chris Paul in Boston would be such a good fit. It would, but I don't think I don't think that's an option. I I the trade might exist, but it probably doesn't. Damien Lillard doesn't exist. Would have to give up Jalen Brown. Darren Fox. Not as good defensively, but gives you much better offensive. Trade might exist. I don't know if I'd want Darren Fox, to be honest. I think he's kind of a ball dominant player. I think he kind of free freelances on offense. Like he kind of does whatever he wants. DeJounte Murray. don't think the trade exists but that's an interesting one yeah i don't think the celtics have a ton of assets like what do san they do not, all yeah. their picks are late first round you know but san antonio is not going anywhere they're not i don't know why they like why i guess why would they do a market smart trade why would they trade away to murray just say his value's high get him out of there maybe Maybe but then, but then there's there's a lot of teams that would want like a lot of teams that would want Shante Murray. Yeah, I think they could probably get beat out in a bid. But yeah, I don't I, I don't think the trade exists simply because I think other teams have more to offer. Reggie Jackson. I think I keep smart. I would keep smart. I think he fits into the system better. Mike Conley. Would rather have smart. I think I'd rather have smart. And the last one, Ben Simmons. Would rather have smart. You think so? I think so. I think that Ben Simmons is probably better defensively. And a better playmaker. But a zero offensively. Yeah. So a um, whole lot of trade doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's much option... You're not going to get a number one point guard with that. Um, sorry, I was pulling. I meant to pull up the free agents this year. Um, here's my deal. My deal is I also agree that Smart's probably the one that you trade if you're going to make a move because his value is so high. I mean, he just won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, but I think that, like I said, it, it, it's pretty difficult. To find a trade partner for him here. Let me pull up the free agents. 
um, NBA free agents. I meant to do this earlier, so. I think they just have to make a move because, like, you're so close. But I also feel like they're kind of, like, there's too much that needs to go right in the offseason for them to come back next year and just simply run it back. Yeah, because like you said, the Milwaukee Bucks are better than them with yeah. Chris Middleton. Um, Marcus Smart's going to be making $21 million by the end of his deal, which is four years from now. Marcus Smart plays a very physical game. Is he going to be able to hold up for those four years? I don't know. You know, I really don't know. Um, he takes a lot of charges. Falls on the floor kind, a lot. That's what I mean. They... Um, they kind of need the one thing they were missing in those finals was when you're going up the court and the Warriors have started to make a run and you just need that guy to just settle things down. Like, let's just go get a bucket and maybe Tatum develops into that, but he's not there yet. And usually that is reliant on the point guard. The point guard is the one that controls the tempo of the game. And yeah. I think Marcus Smart is so like, look, his energy is one of the biggest positives and it's also one of the biggest negatives. Like, he his energy when he makes a defensive play and the crowd gets going and the Celtics get back into the game is awesome. But, but then he when, feels himself and takes a deep three. And it when, when everything is going wrong and Marcus Smart, like you said, is taking a deep three or he's, or he's just all over the place, you know, sprinting down the court with the ball when we really should be just pulling it out and, you know, slowing things down, that sort of thing. It bought it. It, it, is a negative. It is a net negative. You know what? What about Marcus Smart for Lonzo Ball? Doesn't exist. You don't think it why exists? would why would the Bulls even consider that Lonzo Ball is a is a much more valuable asset? I don't know. He's younger. Like that would, does the same thing interesting that, that Marcus Smart does. You can sense Smart and like Grant Williams. Um. So, and they also need some wing depth on the bench. Um, here's some notable point guard free agents. Ricky Rubio. It's going to be a free agent this year. Not a bad player. Um, let's see. I think Patty Mills has a player option. He might decline it. I don't know. Uh, Tyus Jones, a decent. Oh, yeah. Patty Mills does have a player option. Tyus Jones. Um, Dennis Schroeder is not coming back to Boston. Colin Sexton. Unrestricted free agent. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to find Bruce Brown from Brooklyn. Not really what they need, but just notable for like that kind of wing depth. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to add it. Um, I think that there's some options in free agency if they can get someone on a discount. So I don't necessarily think Marcus Smart has to go. But if you're going to trade somebody, it's Marcus Smart. Um, it might be something about- that they look for at like... Maybe the trade deadline. Maybe depending on how the season's going. Like if they're if they're number one in the East, they're not trading anybody by trade deadline. I, but if I, they're like if they're like four. The problem becomes fourth, a lot simpler to solve if Tatum and Brown could handle the ball better. And if, if they Tatum could initiate the offense into for a playmaker, everyone, yeah. Then, particularly they could Tatum, do it. I don't think Brown will ever be there where he can initiate offense for everyone. But if he could just handle the ball better, so he's an, he's not an instant turnover every time he has to dribble a third time. Yeah. Um, Tatum has Tatum though. Assists. Tatum though yeah. has that. Tatum though has that that ability. He like he can get there. It's a matter of if he yeah. does. Um, let's move on to the Warriors. Last thing. Um, the Warriors. Do you think they need something in order to be back here? Another piece. Yeah. Not really. I don't think not, so either. I think the only really. thing they need to do is what do you do with Wiseman? What do you what do you do with Wiseman? Yeah, I well, first thing I had is that I saw today actually Jordan Poole's looking for a four year, hundred million plus dollar extension. Which I wouldn't do. I wouldn't pay that. Um maybe you do a sign in trade. I think that pool is a good enough asset where you could sign and trade him away. I don't know what for, but like maybe like a mid-level guy where, you know, they can come in and fit into the system, give you good defense off the bench, you know? Um, 
Yeah, just bring back Wiggins, Clay, Dre, Steph. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be hey, fine. I think, I think they're Kaminga, I think they're in good position. Just Kaminga that and Mooney are gonna develop more. They're gonna actually like play nice minutes player. in the playoffs. Right. But I also had Wiseman. Could you package Wiseman and pull together in a trade to get big better? Uh, I don't think I don't think you would because the reason they wouldn't sign Pool is because they don't have the money to do that. Yeah. Uh, here's them? here's the reason they can't re-sign Pool to a four-year, hundred million dollar contract is because they're paying Clay Thompson forty million dollars a year for the next three years. They're yeah. paying Draymond Green. $25 million a year for the next three years. Do you think that Jordan Poole, basically what you're saying is, is Jordan Poole the same value as Draymond Green brings to the floor? That's a no. No. I think there's a lot of guys that can do what Which is why I would, I would only re-sign him to trade him. I think that there's a lot of guys that do what Jordan Poole does, which is score. Maybe not quite as well as Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is a very good player. Like, there's no... There's no way around that. Jordan Poole is a is a very very good player. There's a reason why he wants that contract, but I don't think you should offer him that contract because there are guys that can do eighty percent of that for fifteen million dollars less, ten million dollars less. Yeah, I don't know. I one well, would be really kind of interesting. Starting five, Clay Dre. Steph, Wiggins, and like say you just go like really small. What about like McCollum? They wouldn't make that move. That's that's not a move that they could they could make. He's older. You get younger. I think New Orleans is better off in the future for it. I don't Poole, think that's a move Ingram, that I don't Ion. I don't think that's an I don't think that's a move that New Orleans makes because they have McCollum's there for experience. And it's just not in the cards. I don't think Golden State needs to make a major move. They don't. And I don't think Wiseman they're going to. Wiseman for LeBron? Nope. Um, one, that Please. money doesn't even doesn't even work out. That money doesn't even make sense. That's like trading $25 million for $40 million. Just have Commissioner Silver wave something. Um, I don't think there's a major move the Warriors need. I think that just yeah. they got to figure out Wiseman. They can't have that... Wiseman's making $10 million. They can't have that just kind of dead in the water sitting there. They either have to trade it or he has to play. And I, think I don't even that think he's that bad. Notable expiring contract, Kevon Looney. If Wiseman can't play, do you re-sign? Like, that's, that's a legitimate option. Um, yeah, I don't think the Warriors need to do a ton. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Just run it back and see what happens. Maybe right. by maybe by the trade deadline you need something. Right. I think they have they have a pretty good mix of young and old, and I think as long as you have Steph, you have a chance. I think he's one of those guys. As long as you have Steph, you have a chance at the finals. Yeah. Um. That's our podcast. I gotta run because shout out Saram's Cafe in in Winooski, but they're waiting on me to pick up my order. So uh, that's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe to the Clutch Team Podcast. I promise that this will become a more consistent thing. Now, I won't go on another four-month hiatus. Um, probably not. So, Maybe um, only I wanted three. To, yeah, I want to I do this more consistently. I would appreciate the support. Like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on my social medias. They will be linked in the description below. I'll also link Mikey's social medias. Not that they're worth following, but just in case you want to. Um, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day.
Thank you.